Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. Diabetes in this country affects more than 24 million Americans. Can chelation therapy be a promising treatment for diabetic patients? My guest is Dr. Hervasio Lamas. He's the chairman of medicine at Mount Sinai Medical Center and chief of the Columbia University Division of Cardiology at Mount Sinai Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lamas. Tell us about chelation therapy. Let's start with what is it so that the listeners understand what we're talking about. Well, Melanie, thank you so much for having me on. Um, Chelation therapy um, is a treatment that's been around, uh, gosh, probably since uh, the 50s. And uh, the process of chelation is, um, it's a simple process in the sense that you give a medication, and the medication is the chelating agent. And chelation means that this drug is sort of like a baseball mitt. Um... And it catches it catches uh, toxic substances, in particular metals, and then upon catching them, um, it is able to get them out to, through the kidneys, usually uh, through the urine, sometimes in the stool. So um, it is really a process of detoxifying metals that we have accumulated in our body, and we've gotten them from the environment. So all of us, for example, who were alive uh, during the time of leaded gasoline still have lead that has gone into our bones and leaches out slowly over time. If you look in your pocket, you'll find a cell phone. That cell phone is powered by a cadmium battery. And that cadmium battery, what's going to happen to it? It goes in the dump, it goes in the water, and then you drink it later. So we so all have all these, these toxic metals. And, all of and, these and metals so are doc- toxic to the heart. And they've been in our systems, and for the most part, you know, we're dealing with them. But what about a diabetic? How is it different for a diabetic, and how can this sort of binding of these metals and these toxins to get them out of our system help a diabetic specifically? Well, this is a particularly interesting uh, subject because we had some inkling that uh, patients with diabetes were more susceptible to the effect of toxic metals than patients who did not have diabetes. And that came from what are called epidemiological studies, so studies of populations. They checked the urine in the population to see uh, what metals were being excreted, and then you follow the population along and see what happens. And it turned out the patients who have metals in their urine, and this is a teensy amount of metals. I mean, it's not uh, a large amount, certainly not visible to the naked eye, and it requires a specialized way to measure them, Um, that those patients were more likely to have uh, heart attacks, strokes, hypertension, um, and early death. And when they broke down the population to see who had diabetes and who didn't, Um, they found, sort of as an aside, it was almost like a little footnote um, in in these scientific papers, that patients, that the the toxic effect on the heart was most uh, visible, was unmasked by the presence of diabetes. 
And that occurred at about the same time that we were publishing that a study to, um, to determine whether inoculation therapy was beneficial seemed to have a much greater benefit in patients with diabetes. So they kind of dovetailed um, with each other in a serendipitous way. It was, it was really it was luck, not planning. And that is fascinating, and how exciting. Now, could this help both type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Are, you know, is there any differences? We know that the cardiovascular risk for both types is certainly increased, and so can this help with both types? And also, why, Dr. Lamas, is it considered alternative medicine? Why are some people not taking this seriously? Well, I can tell you that um, within in our study, it was called the trial to assess chelation therapy, um, and we enrolled 1,708 patients, and everybody had to be older than 50 years of age. We ourselves were not aware of these data with diabetes and metals, and so we didn't categorize patients as to whether or not they had type 1 or type 2 diabetes. So I don't know uh, the effect on type 1 diabetes because I am certain that the overwhelming number of our patients had uh, type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. Getting to your question, though, regarding why is this alternative medicine, I think that that's a really interesting um, question. In 1956 was the first time that the medicine that we're using, it's called EDTA, uh, was used in patients with heart disease. <clears throat> and those were patients who had angina. That is, they had uh, terrible chest pain. In '56, there was very little you could do for that other than give people um, nitroglycerin under their tongue. And uh, they gave them uh, infusions of EDTA, and lo and behold, the majority of the patients who received infusions had uh, a significant improvement. Other studies were done and published, and then there were some negative studies, and pretty soon conventional medicine turned away from this treatment. And alternative medicine then picked it up and started using it. And that is that so it, well so okay, so so alternative medicine picked it up, realized the value of it, and the doctors that, you know, sort of weren't quite sure about it. Now take this trial and and give it to the broader population. We only have about a minute a minute, little bit plus left. Take it to that broad population of diabetics, this of diabetics. This trial. What do you see happening in the future for it? Well, the first thing that's going to happen is that these results are so striking that the scientific community really requires that we do this again. So we are going to start another study. It'll be TACT two, and it'll be in di- in patients with diabetes. And it has a tremendous target. As you said, there's over 24 million Americans affected with diabetes. And in 68% of diabetics who die, heart disease is implicated. So this has tremendous public health importance. So we will be starting TAC2 probably in about a year, maybe a little bit more. I am hoping that soon thereafter we will have results that we can present to the FDA for approval and then move forward and get this into the community so that we can benefit our patients. 
And Dr. Lamas, in just the last little bit that we have left, tell, tell diabetics your best advice for people suffering with diabetes and whether or not they should try and get into this clinical trial. Well, I can tell you that um, other than controlling your standard risk factors like your cholesterol and your blood sugar, certainly not smoking, but definitely exercising, um, I hope that if you hear about this clinical trial available in your community, that you will join because this is something that stands a chance of really opening a door that we didn't even know was there towards a whole new series of therapies for diabetes. It's so interesting. Chelation therapy in this trial is going to, they're going to do tact Two, so they will be starting this clinical trial for diabetic patients. If you want information, look up and see if there is a trial in your community. If you know someone with diabetes, this could possibly be a very promising treatment to help those with diabetes reduce their cardiovascular risk and, you know, just help them manage their diabetes. You never know. So if you know somebody, have them look this up because it's absolutely fascinating. You're listening to Radio MD. If you missed any of our great information, you can listen anytime on demand or on the go at RadioMD.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at YourRadioMD. Go ahead, like us on Facebook, and start posting these shows on Facebook. Share them with your friends, because that's how we all learn together. This is Melanie Cole for RadioMD. Thanks for listening, and stay well. Stay well.